people pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. currently dying, and I would like to schedule a consultation. Sarah. Hi there. I'm sure you're familiar with the process. When you know you're going to die, you can have yourself cloned. You have very clean skin. I like your shirt. But life has thrown you a curveball. You're not dying anymore. The duel to the death will be in approximately one year. Wait, did you say duel to the death? You can't have two of you walking around forever. It'd be ridiculous. Do you want to live? Maybe a size smaller than you. I'm going to kill her. A properly trained human body is a weapon. You're pretending to be me while I'm still alive? Even if I can't be with her, I don't want to be with you. Always use the gun if it's an option. I find guns to be boring and overused. If it's the difference between life and death, it's okay to be boring. mental tricks aren't going to work. Taking over my life was the plan, not stealing it. This is my life. She's not going to take it from me. What are my chances? Zero. Nothing is ever absolutely certain, though this most certainly is. your friendship. I'll miss that when you die. Speaking of which, any updates? Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with Riley Stearns, the director of the new film, Duel. You might know him for his previous work, including The Art of Self-Defense. Doing a little name drop in here at the beginning of the interview. Hope it wasn't too obnoxious, but I'd heard some good things about Riley from one Mr. Leland Orser, and it was really nice to connect. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I wish I could have found a way to put him in duel, but shooting in Finland kind of made it a little tricky to bring him out for a day of like a cameo or something. Yeah, yeah. Day player in Finland is probably a little much to ask. Yeah, that's why I ended up in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered why you decided for your director cameo at that point. That's great. It was decided for me. When somebody calls in sick during COVID with a sore throat, you say, stay home. And then immediately you go, well, we don't have anybody else with an American accent. So I guess I'm in the movie now. How did you decide to shoot in Finland? Finland came to us, actually. So we uh, were planning on shooting somewhere in the United States or maybe Canada originally. And then when COVID happened, we took a little break, waited to see what was going to happen with 
the world. And uh, when it looked like things weren't really going to be back to normal anytime soon, we started looking around again. And all the numbers in the States and then uh, Canada, Vancouver, Toronto, they just were looking pretty bad. And the financing kind of came out of, for the film, kind of came out of Finland. And the company there kind of uh, ended up coming to us and suggesting that we look into their country. And my producers presented me the idea and I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's run with it. And it ended up being a really huge benefit to the film in terms of the look and feel of everything. And it helped build this world because it really doesn't feel like the United States, even though it, for all intents and purposes, is a pseudo United States. It really feels like its own space, which was really cool. And I, I'm so happy that it worked out the way that it did. It does feel just a little off. Architecture and the Finnish accents here and there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it keeps you off base, but then your films usually keep me kind of off base. I never know which way you're going to go with things, which I appreciate. That's good. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Part of self-defense, I had no idea when it started where we were going to end up, and the same thing goes for this one as well. I really appreciate that. Yeah, with Art of Self-Defense, it was more about trying to make people feel comfortable with the narrative at first. So halfway through the movie, it's a traditional sports narrative that flips the script as it uh, hits that halfway point. Yeah. So when did you actually shoot this one? Duel, we shot in, uh, I was prepping in August of 2020 in Finland, and we were probably shooting September is where we started and then ended around the end of November. It was a 28-day shoot, 10-hour days, because that's how they do it in Finland, but th- that spread across like a couple of months. So at the peak of COVID, we were, we were one of the first productions back, and not only pr- productions, but especially one of the first indies. So a lot of it was us figuring out the sort of procedures and protocols as we were going along. And then we were able to relay information to other productions as, as we kind of finished up and, and hopefully provided some sort of insight for people so that they weren't too lost in the process. It's, it, was, it was a challenging process, to say the least. Yeah, I just spoke with somebody the other day who was shooting during COVID and was like, do you have your actors kiss? Do you have them six feet apart from each other the whole time? I mean, just those challenges and just not knowing at the time. I mean, by that period, the vaccine still wasn't even available. Exactly. And we were we were in a country where their uh, case count at the time that we were there only got to 3,000 for a population of 5 million. So it was very, very well handled. But you still worry that you're going to have that one person or even worse, like, honestly, I was just worried that I was going to end up being the person who got it. And then you shut down production. There are only a few people on set that you can't work without. And I would have been one of them. Karen and and Aaron and Beulah would have been uh, some of them. But then anybody else, for the most part, could get sick. But it would have been the scariest thing because then everyone's having to test again and everyone's waiting and are we going to have an outbreak? And yeah, it was so uncertain and I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did and we were safe, but it was challenging. Yeah. Well, tell me about your writer on this one. Who is this Riley Stearns that you're working with? That was good. I actually, you got me there for a second. I have been working with this douchebag for a while now and I think he does an okay job. He's a little stilted with his dialogue. I think it works. Okay. Third film in a row. I've been able to write and direct and Not only that, I feel like, I mean, this time around, I had Final Cut for the first time, but the other two movies that I've made, my producers, uh, the producers at Snood Entertainment on Faults and the producers at NQ for the Art of Self-Defense, they gave me 
the freedom to make the movie that I wanted to make. There were conversations and along the way and, and, and notes and everything. But at the end of the day, those are the films that I saw from the moment I started writing them. And Duel is no exception. I, I XYZ, if anything, went even more beyond what they promised me in terms of creative freedom. And I felt incredibly protected and safe. And it's the movie that, again, I wrote that movie. And if you read that script and then look at this movie, there's no way that you, like, there's nothing different. It's, it's the same thing. So I'm very, very lucky to be in the position I'm in. But uh, I also someday would love to work with another writer or co-write or adapt something. Uh, I, I do find that that could be a, a fun uh, challenge and, and, and something to kind of branch out of that comfort zone that I've got. Well, who else is in your support network? Who else do you work with a lot? My main collaborators for three movies in a row now, and, and with one of them, it was a short, so that would be four for him, would be my cinematographer, Michael Reagan. He's shot everything that I've made. Just a really good friend now, too. And uh, Sarah Beth Shapiro is my editor, and we've worked together now on all three features. And I don't see those people changing anytime soon. I feel like they're going to be uh, continuing to collaborate with me. As long as they'll have me, I'll have them. I had a composer named Heather McIntosh that I worked with on two films, but she didn't do this one because I was looking for a uh, very specific sound for uh, for this film and wanted to change it up a bit. But I love Heather and would work with her again someday, if, if she, again, if she would have me. Yeah, that soundtrack is really remarkable for this one. Can you tell me how you came up with that sound? Emma Ruth Rundle is the composer, and this is her first feature. It's actually her, the first thing she scored, other than sort of a little practice thing that we did during COVID when everything was in lockdown. I made a short that she did a, a score for that was comprised of some stuff that she had on an album that's going to be coming out. But she did change some things and tweak it for the for the short itself. But I reached out to her cold and said, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I am a, I'm going to go make this movie called The Art of Self-Defense. But I also have this idea that I want to write after that. And I think your music could be perfect for it. Specifically, this album that she made called Electric Guitar One, which is an experimental ambient guitar album. I just fell in love with that. And I really couldn't get that out of my head for the sound of the movie. And she took that sort of information, knowing that that's the direction that I was leaning. And then once she saw the movie, was able to kind of mold those two ideas together and we we stuck with i mean it's i think it's only guitar on the album other than a couple of drum hits in the opening duel but other than that it's it's all her on guitar uh specifically bar- baritone guitar and uh i i love that she's able to kind of go with the ebbs and flows of the film and it's a very quiet movie but when it needs the score, she's there to support it. And then when she needs to go big with the score, uh, she's able to do that as well. I really, and, and then also we made a couple of dance electronic-y sort of tracks that I, I really, really love. One of them in particular, it has lyrics to it and it's a full song. And I think we're going to be releasing that soon as sort of a like fun thing. I, it's the, my favorite song. It's so good. And the fact that Emma made it and her fans will not expect it from her is, is pretty exciting. How many projects do you have going at a time? Only ever one. I'm so bad about multitasking. I mean, I I guess that's not completely accurate right now. I have a TV show that I'm attached to, but it's not my idea. I didn't write it. That one is, it may not even go. Like we're going to be pitching that soon. But in in terms of my projects, I was very lucky with The Art of Self-Defense that I knew what I was writing after that. I knew I had the idea and structure for Duel already. Right now I'm kind of 
I'm finding that, uh, and not in a bad way, I think it's still going to be interesting and good, but I'm finding that figuring out the next one has been a little bit more challenging because I'm putting a little bit more pressure on it, I think, that I have in the past. And I want it to be good, obviously. So I, I'm giving it the time that it needs, but I would love to be writing as soon as I could be. How long did it take to write Duel? It's not necessarily like a cut and dry sort of number, but I came up with the idea in 2016, the like base idea of the Duel to the Death and then, or sorry, the cloning and then Duel to the Death element. And I had the structure pseudo in place and then started writing a short story version of it that in 2017 that I only got halfway through before Art of Self-Defense got greenlit. And so I went and shot that. When I came back and finished that movie, I started picking up Duel again, but I realized that I wasn't as interested in the short story as much and decided to go to script. Uh, Once I knew that it was going to be just straight to script, I carted the whole thing out. uh, And I'd been thinking about it for years, obviously, in in various capacities. But once I go to script, once I'm ready and the structure is fully in place, uh, it's like a two-week process usually. And Duel was no exception. I wrote half of it in San Diego at the end of 2018 and then got back to LA and finished the other half. So it was around August of 2018 that, that I wrote this. Have you done a lot of fiction writing? No, that was the first time I ever tried prose. Uh, I've only ever written scripts and it was a great challenge. I I was definitely in a weird headspace at the time. So uh, it actually ended up being a little more challenging mentally trying to do that one, dealing with life and uh, just other things. So when I have an idea again, I really would like to potentially explore that, uh, that path of going to a short story first because it opens up the world. Like you can kind of create, there's so many details in Duel that I kept out of the film because they don't make, they don't need to be there in the film. They felt more expositional. Whereas in the short story, I was able to kind of embellish and, and add to that, that uh, the, I guess, mythology and the history, and especially in regards to the science of cloning and where it came from. So I know in my world where all that came from and exists and why it exists, but I didn't need it in the movie. And, and similarly for, but it, it informs so many details in the characters and lines. I would really like to try that path again, maybe not overthink the short story, have it be pretty short and then release that maybe in some way and then say, okay, now I'm going to adapt that. That, that was the original intention with, with Duel, but it didn't work out that way. And it was for the best. I liked the way that it turned out and I liked that process. But there are people who are really good writers and there are people who are pretty good writers who are better at screenwriting. And I'm probably in that boat, but it doesn't mean that I didn't have fun trying to do that. So yeah, I'll pretend to be a, a, a fiction writer at some point, but it's not my full path, I guess. Well, it's interesting because so many actors will create that backstory, but there you are creating that backstory almost for them or just giving them more of a world to play in. And oftentimes when actors create a backstory, it's it's in tandem with the director or the writer. So it's not necessarily that they're just coming up with something off the top of their head, although there are instances where that's obviously true. And I think a lot of directors do that, even if they or writers, even if they don't physically write it out uh, or it, put it in sort of a, a, a narrative uh, structure prior to screenwriting or, write, or making a film. But this specific path really did, like you said, it, it filled out a world in a way that I was able to understand it more, even though it didn't end up in the final movie. It informs everything that happens. Well, Riley Stearns, thank you so much for your time. This was great talking with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this.